0: Earlier in the week, I had this thought, and and I thought, "Well, Lord, are you are you giving me something to for Wednesday night?" <clears throat> and I didn't know exactly what I was going to do with it, but I just got to thinking about how ma- how amazing forgiveness is. I mean, stop and think about it. I mean, we 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 talk about it, and it's, it's so loosely we talk about God forgiving us of our sins, and you know we we expect that. And Tina's glad to have you home tonight. That, I can't pass that up. Uh, but we talk about we talk about forgiveness, and and, um, and and I guess we talked about Calvary and the blood of Jesus so much that. When we talk about forgiveness, it's just like, well, he's supposed to forgive us. And in other words, from our perspective, it's almost as if we take it for granted. But then I got to thinking, how awesome is forgiveness? Have you ever done anything, said anything, it just really eat on you until you went to the person that you did wrong and you finally said, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. And it was like the weight of the world. I can testify. <laughs> it's like the weight of the world is lifted off of your shoulders. I've been there, done that. Forgiveness is a wonderful thing. In fact, it's 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 really even hard to explain. It's hard to explain forgiveness. So tonight I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the about the Elohim. Elohim. Yea, I say unto thee. Well, no, it's not. I wasn't talking in tongues. T- Tali Elohim. That is Hebrew. But it's the Hebrew for the covering God. The covering God. Second Corinthians 5 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Look at that last, don't don't run away from that verse too quickly. Look at the last part of that. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He hath made Him to be sin for us. I mean, this, this is more personal than he died for the sins of mankind. He did. But he hath made him to be sin for us. The one that knew no sin made him to be sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in how in the world can I be the righteousness of God? I know how fickle I am. Don't sit there and look all religious to me, like you, you like you're, you're, oh, you never do anything wrong. I know, I know most of you. Don't you? You're, you're as, it's as amazing to you as it is to me. I mean that we that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isaiah 53, 7 says, He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Another place... there's an old song we used to sing he could have called ten thousand angels from my hands and feet Pull these nails that torment me I mean I know it was the plan it was the plan of God but I believe that every angel was standing at attention at Calvary Simply waiting for Jesus to say, I can't do this. And if they would have had to annihilate the earth, they would have annihilated the earth and all inhabitants. And I know that's hard for us to just stop and comprehend because naturally that's not what happened. But I believe they were there waiting for that. I used to wonder why the Lord himself was likened unto a lamb and why God also likened us to being sheep or a lamb. I think I understand that a little better now. A sheep or a lamb is a non-confrontational animal. Its sheer demeanor speaks humility. If you were going to, if somebody asked you to paint a picture, that says humility what would you consider as painting I guarantee you that everyone in this room practically everyone in this room once you filtered through all the things that you would think about you would think about of a little lamb Donna and I took Joel the other day we went over to Donnie and Phyllis's and I mean, I don't know how many how many little ones do they have. Well, I know there's some of them are baby goats, but they still just look just as innocent as as, as they could be. I mean, little bitty things, and they hopping around, and you know, if you stayed still long enough, they'd wind up on top of your head. You know, I'm just, and they just just as curious as they can be and playful, but you hold one in your hand. So, it's, it's not going to bite you it's not going to hurt you it's, when you think of a lamb you think of humility no agenda, no access to grind not demanding to get its way I know a lot of people that way they always they'll twist, they'll contort the truth in order to get what they want when you see a picture of a lamb, they always appear white, they appear clean, and they are, very, they are the very essence of innocence and of purity. The Lord's intention for us to see in this example was for us to try to live up to the simple image of a sheep or a lamb. I mean, when I stop and I consider and I think that the Lord, and I, you know, I don't say something that I say a whole lot. The Lord said to Israel, said, I'm going to give you houses you didn't have to build. Cities you didn't have to engineer. Vineyards you didn't plant. In other words, he supplied it all. You still get that lamb image. He didn't tell them that they had to go out conquer these things and I mean when they got to Jericho all they had to do was march around seven times and blow the horn the walls fell and they possessed the city the lord took care of the battle for them so many times Israel faced <clears throat> insurmountable odds and the lord would say you just go on and you set the praisers and the worshipers out in front the battle is not yours battle is mine I, I, I see little David we, we, we see little shepherd boy David as he heads out to Goliath and he's picking up five stones along the way and he gets them inside that little sling and he starts starts twirling I mean you just stop you pick your grandchild your grandchild that's 11, 12 years old, somewhere around there, or less. And he's just sitting there twirling that thing. And when he lets it go, God guides the rock. Under normal circumstances, David could not have handled that situation. That was supernatural from God. the lamb is the master theme of God's Word in Genesis Isaac asked his father Abraham where is the lamb where is the lamb for the sacrifice at the Passover it is the lamb that dies to save the firstborn of each house in the temple lambs were offered up in sacrifice every day of every year then in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah he prophesied that a man will give his life as a sacrificial lamb as a lamb to the slaughter and that was the prophecy of Jesus by that man we know him now as Jesus the Christ we find healing we find forgiveness blessing salvation and reconciliation with the father you see the lamb is given to save or bless others and in its humbled nature, it does not resist the losing of its life. I, um, I, I, I use the graveside many times, the 23rd Psalm. And just this afternoon, <clears throat> I get down that, to that part where it says, He leadeth me beside still waters. Of course, it started off, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, here we go with the sheep theme. They tell us, and you've probably read this as well as I, they tell us that sheep, when they get to water, they don't just stand on the bank and drink. They wade off into it. Well, if they wading off into it, if they were into a stream that had a current, the current would pick that sheep up and he would float on down until he either drowned it or he was killed some other way. But this picture in the 23rd Psalm is still water. There's nothing to harm the sheep. The sheep goes to still water and he drinks. In the Hebrew, to Means lamb, and also Tali comes comes the word which means covering. So from Tali comes the word that means covering. The lamb will be and is our cover. I know the scripture talks about Jesus being the Lion of Judah, but at all before he was ever the Lion of Judah, he was. He was the Lamb brought for the slaughter. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, the Tali Elohim. John 1 says this, and there's several verses here. It says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and he saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He didn't say, Behold the Lion of Judah, which will take away the sin of the world. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. The picture of humility, the picture of surrender, which taketh away the sins of the world. Move on down to the 35th verse. And again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God would and did shed his blood, his innocent and his pure pure blood, for yours and my sins. Yours and my sins were many and are covered by the same blood. His blood washes away every sin stain, never To be remembered again, you would think after 2,000 years we would run out of blood. If blood actually had to touch mine and your sin, we would run out of blood by now. Because I've heard it preached, and you have to One drop of that blood will wash away all my sin. Well, after 2,000 years and the millions and the billions of people that have lived in those those millions and billions of years the blood that was contained in the body of Jesus would have already been used up. But what happened here is that sin that you and I commit now is already under the blood if we will allow him to put it under the blood. 2 Corinthians 5 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us Here it is, this is what we opened with. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That just blows my mind. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Ladies, I've got a question for you. Now, I know some of you may have found that magical cleaner that does everything, but I'm simply trying to make a point here, okay? If you took a white cloth and you dyed it red, you ever make that cloth truly white again some say well I guess you could put it in straight bleach but I think even if you put it in straight bleach it would probably destroy the fabric and I don't know anything about do I It'll, it'll still be there. You'll still find, I'm telling you, God does not allow red to be seen. It will not be washed out. <laughs> I mean, truly white with no remembrance of red ever being there. I'm, I just, thank you for that, but I, I, I just can't see that happening. I mean, because red is one of those colors that just, you just can't get rid of it just, you know, Isaiah 118 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins, listen, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like clemson, they shall be as warm. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be your sins, be a scarlet. Mark preached a message years ago here. Oh, years ago. It seems like he was probably still in Bible school when he preached it. And he preached about the red filter on a camera. And I don't know if some of you may remember that. And you can. And then dabbling in photography uh, that I've done, if you put a red filter on a lens, when you take a picture of something, if there's any red in that picture, it's gone. It will not come through on the film. So, hence, it's called a red filter. So it does not boggle my mind when I stop and think that though my sins be as scarlet, when his red blood is applied to my sins, they become white like snow. The Tali Elohim, the covering of God, the Lamb of God, blots out totally the remembrance of the past mistakes. Somebody here tonight needs to get past yesterday. You have to forgive yourself for those that harmed you. Listen, listen to me. Jesus went to a wedding. They ran out of wine. What happened? Jesus turned water into wine. However, wine cannot truly be wine unless it has a past. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you just take a pot of water and it's going to become wine? No. In order to get wine, you've got to have grapes and you've got to have time. Or, as I just said, a past. Wine has to ferment in order to be wine. The wine has to have a past in order to be wine. So if Jesus could take water and turn it into wine, he had to take water, turn it into juice, and give it a past in order for it to become truly wine. Only Jesus could do that. Now stay with me. If Jesus can take something that did not, hear me, that did not have a past... And give it a past, then don't you think it is possible for him to take you me and others in here that have a past and totally take that past away huh? never to be remembered by him again Isaiah 118 your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they Be red like crimson. They shall be as wolves. You cannot physically take the white cloth you dyed red and just totally remove all images of it, of what has happened to it, if you have dyed it. However, he can take us and our sins, which are many, and as they are scarlet red, and he can wash us with his crimson blood and make us white as snow. Forgiveness. What an awesome thing. But I've come to talk to somebody tonight because forgiveness is an awesome thing. And when you bow before Him and you ask Him to forgive you, He is just and He will. However, Will you forgive yourself? That's the question. Will you forgive yourself? I can forgive you of anything that you may have done to me. You could forgive me of anything I may have done to you. We we can forgive and, 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 and all that. Scripture says he's the only one, though, that forgives and forgets. But when he forgives me, he forgets. But when he forgives me, do I forget? It's one of the things that Chris and I have talked a lot about, about people in in Celebrate Recovery. That's one of the hardest things for them to do, is to get past their past. To believe that God really can forgive them. I mean, they they understand it scripturally, but to apply it personally? You mean God would actually forgive me? Well, Yeah, that's what we've been talking about is God will forgive you. But the first step after asking him to forgive you is looking at yourself and forgiving yourself. Scripture talks about us we, he, the Scripture talks about us that we don't even know our own hearts, that we don't even know what we're capable of ourselves. Hence, is it any wonder that we get ourselves into situations that we cannot explain? Find ourselves in, in, in sin that we never anticipated we would be there. I've talked to them. I've, I've seen people that cross lines and they said, I never had any intention of it going this far. I never had any intention of, of sin taking me where it's taken me. There's a song that says, it'll take you further than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. That's what sin will do understanding that Jesus can forgive you but my Lord Saint of God we have to forgive ourselves and if you keep throwing it up you but brother Bruce you just don't understand no you don't understand because when he forgives you it's gone now if you're wanting to hold on it on to it for whatever reason and I have, I've seen those people, almost like they, they want to carry around their sin that they used to be involved around in as a badge of honor. This is a, shows how bad they used to be, you know, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know. I used to think when I was a teenager I needed to get involved in some sin in order to have a testimony. But I think I've got the best one. The Lord protected me from all of that stuff. And he's never been drunk. I've never had a needle in my arm with with drugs in it. I've I've never never been high. And I thank God for that. He can take our past and all that we did or all that we have done. Jesus can pay make it as if it never happened in fact far as he's concerned it, it, it hasn't happened can you trust him with your past tonight can you allow him to handle your past tonight you will I'll never forget the story and I've used it before but it's perfect example for here of the preacher that he fell into some immorality. Now, I don't know exactly what the immorality was but it was it was serious enough that he was highly convicted. He had told his wife they lived in Parsonage right next to the church and he told his wife he said I can't get past this. I've asked God and asked God to forgive me. He says, I know he's just, I know he will, but I just can't get past this. He said, I'm going over to my office. I'm going to shut myself in, and I'm not coming out until I have victory. And so he did. I'll I'll never forget. I believe Brother Tenney told this story years ago, years ago this minister walked into his office and just as he had done so many times before, he began to weep and he began to tell God how sorry he was for what he had done. He wept and he wept and he wept until he finally went over and laid down on the sofa or was kneeling at the sofa one or the other. I don't remember which it was. And he wept himself to sleep. When he woke up, he realized he had wept himself asleep. And immediately he started again, Oh God, please. He said, The Lord stopped him. And he said, What are you talking about? I've listened to you repent and repent and repent. I have no idea. What you're talking about, and it dawned on him. He's made my past as if it never happened. It's under the blood. It's under the blood. Did someone do something to you that you can't get past? Then can you believe for just a moment that He can heal you beyond your past and? Make your life be as if it never happened. He can. I've even seen people that suffered abuse. That allowed God to heal the abuse. Healed the mental scars of that abuse. Oh, you and I will probably remember, but he can heal you so that, you're, so that the memory of what happened will no longer haunt you. God truly can do this. Yes, he can. The Tali Elohim, the Lamb of God, the covering of God was provided for yours and my benefit because we needed healing, forgiveness, and we needed salvation. Listen to what John saw in the book of Revelation as I prepare to close tonight. This is from Revelation 5. He said, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God sent forth into all earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy. To take the book do you get the, the mental picture here this is Jesus that he's talking about that has taken the book of life and they have bowed and they, they're saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Verse 11 says, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. In church glory be to the Tali Elohim forever and ever. The Tali, our Lamb and our covering, and Elohim, our God. Forever we give him praise. When I read this passage and I look at it, the first thing that you would want to really see, I guess, in, in, in a setting like this is you would want to see Jesus with crowns upon his head and a sword in his hand and that he has gone and slain the the dragon, the devil, and he's done all of these things. No, 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 no. It's not the image. The image is that his blood that was freely shed for you and for me covered all of our past. You see, here's, here's the deal. There's no battle to be won over the devil. There's none. That's already happened. That's already happened. The only battle to be won is for your soul. And it takes blood of the perfect lamb to win the battle for your soul. Jesus doesn't have to be a conqueror. He doesn't have to go and fight spirits because he just opens his mouth. I mean, you know, they, the spirits cried out and, and said, when Jesus asked them, he said, what's your name? They said, Legion. Can we at least go to the pigs? said go when Jesus says go the devil has to go there's no battle please hear me this is part of our human human hang-up there is no battle between Jesus and the devil for your soul It takes you surrendering and his blood cleansing. That's all it takes. It's almost like being a kid again. And even though mama told me, don't you dare get out there and it in those mud puddles. And I've got my Sunday best on, but that's, that mud puddle just looked too good. little boy in me stands right in the middle of that mud puddle, shoes, socks, suit and all, just jumps up and down. Mama comes out of the house screaming. In fact, if Mama will stop long enough, she will see it's funny. And she'll go back to the house and get her camera and take pictures and, and, and do all those things. But because of the work that is in front of Mama, She's got to get the clothes off of me. She's got to find new clothes for me. She's got to clean me up. She's got to do all these things. And the clock is ticking down. We've got to go. She's frustrated. I want you to understand something. You could have stood in the deepest puddle puddle of sin. want to stand in and you can jump up and down. But all it takes is a drop of blood. And you're cleansed. White as snow. And I'm thankful for the amazing forgiveness that can only come from God. Amen? I'm through and it's only 747. Why don't you stand with me? Oh, Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Tonight, we have felt your presence. Tonight, we have felt you close. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. There's not a sin in this house that you can't forgive. There's not a stain in this room that you can't wash away. There's not a heart in here that's so wicked that it can't be forgiven. I truly thank you that your forgiveness and your love for us goes beyond human comprehension. Thank you for washing away every stain. Thank you for redeeming our souls. Thank you Thank you for making us the righteousness of God. Your blood makes us the righteousness. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Nothing nothing I could do could cause that. Only what you can do for us can make us righteous. And I thank you. Now, I ask you to bring us back together. At your appointed time, we give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.